In today's show, FTX Hacker is now the 35th largest holder of ETH with an estimated worth of $288 million. And quitting on-chain analyst Dylan LeClaire, question for Ethereum proponents, what will you do if the FTX exploiter starts staking their $280 million of ETH and the U.S. government attempts to force regulated financial institutions to censor and or slash their stake. Also breaking news just in, the FBI to extradite SBF to the U.S., according to the Daily Mail. Also be sharing the latest tweets from Sam Bankman-Fried himself. Also this just in, there's a rumor that Genesis Trading is having solvency issues. The parent company is DCG, which is also the parent company at Grayscale, who holds $11 billion worth of Bitcoin. I hope these rumors aren't true. Also in today's show, NY Fed launches a 12-week CBD pilot program with major banks. That's right. The banking giants include BNY Mellon, Citi, U.S. Bank, and Wells Fargo, which will be issuing tokens and settling transactions through simulated central bank reserves as part of the pilot. Also in today's show, two more crypto platforms pause withdrawals as Liquid Global and Salt Lending site exposure to FTX. Also in today's show, despite FTX bankruptcy, Kevin O'Leary says he'd still invest with Bankman Freed. He reveals this in a new interview. You can't make this stuff up. Also in today's show, Pantera Capital reveals $149,000 Bitcoin price target and shares their timeline. That's right. Pandera predicts that Bitcoin's price will soar to $36,000 in the lead up to the next halving that's expected to occur in March of 2024 and afterward continue its bull run to an all-time high of $149,000. Also in today's show, Tim Draper is still positive on his $250,000 Bitcoin price prediction in 2023. That's right. He reveals it in a new interview and says that the collapse of FTX crypto exchange has nothing to do with the success of Bitcoin because Bitcoin is decentralized and FTX was not. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. I want to welcome everyone tuning in. Today's episode is 1105 of the Crypto News Alerts pod. Today is November 16th, 2022, and we have a lot to cover. So let's dive right into today's market watch, shall we? As you can see, the entire crypto market is currently correcting back in the red. We got Bitcoin down 1.29% for the day, trading at 16,600 at the time of this recording. We got Ether down 3.6%, trading just above $1,200, while BNB, Polkadot, Solana, Avalanche, XRP, Cardano, literally all the top cryptos bleeding and in the red. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, we can see the crypto market cap sitting at $839 billion, with $62 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. The current Bitcoin dominance is 38.3%, with the Ether dominance at 18% even. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers in the past 24 hours, we have Chili's leading the pack up 15%, trading at $0.23, cents, followed by Stacks up 5%, trading just under $0.24, cents, followed by 
by Terra Classic up 3%, trading at 0.0001, followed by Algorand and Arweave. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers for the past week, you can see TWT, which is the Trust Wallet token, up 80%. We got GMX up almost 22%, while the majority of the alts are bleeding in the red for the week. And checking out one of my favorite indicators is the Crypto Greed and Fear Index. Shows we're currently rated a 23 in Extreme Fear. Yesterday was a 22 in Extreme Fear. Last week a 29 and last month a 20 in Extreme Fear. And if you're not familiar with the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, Extreme Fear can be a sign. Investors are too worried. That could be a great buying opportunity like we're witnessing right now. BTFD, buy that freaking dip. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So there you have it. Welcome again, everyone just tuning in to today's episode of Crypto News Alerts. Let's dive right into our feature story, which is the FTX hacker and his mass Ethereum accumulation, which he is uh, stacking over there. And let's see what's happening, shall we? Here we go. The hacker that exploited the now bankrupt FTX exchange last week made a tidy tiny fortune that propelled them to the ether well status just a day after the embattled ftx exchange filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy its wallets were drained for more than 663 million dollars in various crypto assets according to blockchain intelligence company elliptic elliptic suspected 477 million of this was stolen with a large chunk of those tokens being converted into ethereum while 186 million dollars worth of more than 100 different tokens was believed to be moved into a secure storage by FTX itself. And as reported by Cointelegraph, the attacker was still draining wallets four days later and what analysts called on-chain spoofing, which I covered in great detail in yesterday's episode. And according to blockchain security firm Boyson, the attacker has conducted multiple swaps and cross-chain transactions over the past day and currently holds around $338 million in crypto assets as of November 15th. Quoting this uh, dude here, FTX accounts drainer has conducted multiple swaps and cross-chain operations for the past day and currently holds $338 million worth of assets. The majority of the funds are held in this wallet address, which he reveals on crypto Twitter and included is a whopping 228,000 ETH, according to the wallet address, worth around $288.8 million at the current market prices. This makes that account dubbed the FTX accounts drainer, the 35th largest Ethereum holder in terms of the number of ETH held. And according to CoinCarp's Ethereum Rich List, the top hodler is the Beacon Chain deposit contract, which contains around 15 million ETH. And furthermore, most of those in the top 20 are crypto exchanges, layer two protocols, and decentralized finance bridges. Now, the top 20 ETH wallets hold 27.7% of the entire circulating supply, and the top 50 hold a third of all ETH. The exploits occurred on both FTX and FTX US, leading many to speculate it could have been an inside job. Wouldn't surprise me whatsoever, considering Bankman Freed built a backdoor in case the circumstance was to arise. And Director of Security Operations at analytics firm Certic, Hugh Brooks, alluded to on-chain evidence suggesting such. And he told Cointelegraph on the 15th that unless there was a private key compromise, an insider with access to these wallets moving the funds cannot be ruled out. Now, Ether prices have not been impacted by the potential offloading of the 35th largest holder flooding the market. But at the time of this recording, ETH was trading flat on the day at 1260, according to CoinGecko, with the asset losing 23% since the FTX debacle began. Now, on-chain analyst Dylan LeClaire makes a great point. Question for Ethereum 
proponents. What will you do if the FTX exploiter starts staking their 280 million of ETH and the U.S. government attempts to force regulated financial institutions to censor and or slash their stake? You have the ability to do it. It's just social consensus. After all, he makes a great point and he also adds, what happens if the U.S. forces the hand of these regulated custodians to enforce base layer censorship? What happens if they enforce these institutions to not attest to the censorship resistant chain instead of just merely not processing these blocks? themselves. And he also says what happens when over 50% of the staked ETH is currently in the hands of regulated financial institutions? Who has the dominant say in a proof of stake network as the legitimacy of the true chain? Oh, so you're going to fork without circle? Say bye-bye to DeFi. So there you have it. He brings some great concerns. I'm going to read one more of his tweets. It's truly fascinating how no one sees the writing on the wall here. The pressure is only going to ramp up. This is political in nature. You think these regulated institutions will be really choose the dissident chain in a fork scenario? Really? Yeah, he does make a great point. And as a breaking news shared here, I hope this is true. FBI to extradite Bankman Freed to the U.S. according to the Daily Mail. Yeah, absolutely about time. And also Bankman Freed, he updates us with some very cryptic, weird tweets uh, which say what happen and then he continues we're going to scroll down to here he shared on november 15th not legal advice not financial advice this is all i remember it but my memory might be faulty in parts and he continues i'll get to what happened but for now let's talk about where we are today he says to the best of my knowledge as of post 11 7 with the potential for errors a alameda had more assets and liabilities m2m but not liquid alameda had margin positions on ftx international and c ftx us had enough to repay all customers not everyone necessarily agrees with this and he continues my goal my one goal is to do right by customers i'm contributing what I can to doing so. I am meeting in person with regulators and working with teams to do what we can for customers. And after that, investors. But first, customers. My goal, A, clean up and focus on transparency. And B, make customers whole. And he continues, a few weeks ago, FTX was handling $10 billion a day of volume and billions of transfers, but there was too much leverage. More than I realized, a run on the bank and market crash exhausted liquidity. So what can I try to do? Raise liquidity, make customers whole, and restart. So there you have it. I mean, I don't know what this guy is doing. I think he's... uh for all we know, just trying to keep his butt out of jail at the time being. But I think he obviously knew what he was doing the entire do- entire time and that he was committing fraud. Let me know if you agree or disagree. What are your honest thoughts about Bankman Freed? Do you believe that he belongs in prison at this point for frauding investors for literally over $10 billion, which makes this the largest uh I guess, scam in history. This is bigger than what Bernie Madoff did uh, back in the day. And it seems like he's being protected. The New York Times wrote that puff piece about him. And even Elon Musk said, yo, New York Times, what's up with this puff piece? Puff piece. But anyways, let me know your thoughts surrounding Bankman Freed as the contagion continues in the entire industry. With that being shared, now let's discuss something which has crept with very interesting timing, uh, to say the least, which is a story about these uh, CBDC pilots taking place. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York Innovation Center, or NYIC, announced it would be launching a 12-week proof-of-concept pilot for a central bank in digital currency, or CBDC. Now, in a November 15th announcement, the New York Fed said the program would explore the feasibility of an interoperable network of central bank wholesale digital money and commercial bank digital money operating on a shared multi-entity 
entity distributed ledger on a regulated liability network. Banking giants including BNY Mellon, Citi, HSBC, MasterCard, PNC Bank, TD Bank, Truist, U.S. Bank, and Wells Fargo will be participating in the pilot by issuing tokens and settling transactions through simulated central bank reserves. Quoting them here, the NYIC looks forward to collaborating with members of the banking community to advance research on asset tokenization and the future of financial market infrastructures in the U.S. as money and banking evolve. Now, the proof of concept project will test the technical feasibility, legal viability, and business applicability of distributed ledger technology, as well as simulate tokens and explore regulatory frameworks. The NY Fed said the project can potentially be extended to multi-currency operations and regulated stablecoins. The launch of the NYIC pilot project followed the center releasing research on its wholesale central bank digital currency program on November 4th. The first phase of the CBDC trial, dubbed Project Cedar, tested foreign exchange spot trades to determine whether a blockchain solution could improve speed, cost, and access to cross-border wholesale payments. Federal regulators in the U.S. have not reached any consensus on whether to launch a digital dollar in the country, but agencies and those in the private sector have been exploring the possibility following U.S. President Sleepy Joe Biden issuing an executive order aimed at establishing a framework on digital assets. Some lawmakers question that Congress might be passing legislation in support of a CBDC and how a digital dollar might curtail similar innovations from the private sector. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding these CBDCs? Let me know in the comments right down below. Obviously, CBDCs are no good for humanity. They are no good for sovereignty. They are no good for freedom. And they are no good for humanity as a whole as they are programmable money. What happens when you give the powers that be the power to program your money? That's considered slavery. And unfortunately, uh, it's not good. However, fortunately, we have BTC, which is the antidote to these CBDCs. So just say no to CBDCs. Do not support them. Digital dollar, it's no different than a digital version of the US dollar. It is still fiat currency. It cannot be trusted. It is the work of the devil. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but just pointing out the obvious as this, interestingly enough, this story snuck in right around the time of all of this madness occurring with the fall of FTX. So just keep that in mind. But anyways, without further ado, let's now get into our next story of the day. Some more big companies have recently paused withdrawals, which is very unfortunate, but it's very important. I cover this. So here we go. Check it out. Two more crypto companies have informed their clients that the firms have paused withdrawal operations following the collapse of the digital currency exchange, FTX. According to the official Liquid Global account, Liquid has suspended both crypto and fiat withdrawals. Quoting them here, fiat and crypto withdrawals have been suspended on Liquid Global in compliance with the requirements of voluntary Chapter 11 proceedings in the U.S. The company tweeted, until further notice, we would suggest to not deposit either fiat or crypto. We will provide updates when available. Now, Liquid Group was acquired by FTX Trading last May, plus all of the company's subsidiaries, including Coin. At the time, Liquid said the economic terms of the deal have not been disclosed. And not too long after Liquid News concerning withdrawals, customers using the crypto lender Salt were reportedly informed that Salt has also paused withdrawals. So I repeat, Salt has also paused withdrawals. Letter recipients 
Who shared the news on Twitter? Say Salt CEO Sean Owen wrote the note. Salt's disclosure highlights that the collapse of FTX has impacted the business. The firm needs to assess the extent of the damage, and until then, withdrawals remain paused, quitting them here, until we are able to determine the extent of the impact with specific details that we feel confident are factually accurate. We have paused deposits and withdrawals on the Salt, salt platform effective immediately. Now, BlockFi also recently updated customers on November 14th, noting withdrawals were still paused until further notice, quitting them here. We determined late last week that in the current environment, we could no longer operate our business as usual. BlockFi's blog post details, given that FTX and its affiliates are now in bankruptcy, the most prudent decision for us and the interest of all our clients is to continue to pause many of our platform activities for now, the crypto lender added. And according to the Wall Street Journal, BlockFi may be in the process of filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection according to people familiar with the matter. So there you have it. Just stress extreme caution across all crypto platforms right now, even the major exchanges, because if the second largest crypto exchange in the world can go under and collapse just like that, and they had like a million creditors behind them, then anything can collapse and fall under. So move your crypto to cold storage, get it off the exchanges. Why is it on the exchanges in the first place? Unless you're a full-time trader, fully confident in what you're doing during times like this, your crypto then should probably be in cold storage. Just stating. Now, let's break down our next story of the day. I was shocked to see Kevin O'Leary in this interview literally say if he had the opportunity to do business with Bankman Freed again, he hesitated. But at the end, he said yes, he would. It's almost like these influencers never learn their lesson. It's insane. Check this out. Canadian businessman and Shark Tank mogul star Kevin O'Leary believes Sam Bankman Freed's future businesses could be worth investing in despite losing money on FTX. O'Leary recently outlined the extent of his exposure to the exchange while arguing that there's a silver lining in the company's collapse. That's right. In a new interview on Tuesday, Mr. Wonderful admitted FTX was one of his bad investments but remained safe due to his diversification of of assets. Nevertheless, the investors took a huge hit. He said he was a shareholder of FTX and FTX US held multiple accounts as the exchanges are now frozen, quoting him here. I've talked to many other institutional investors that use the platform. They also have zero balances, he added. Everybody is talking to their accountants and lawyers and auditors and compliance departments about this. It is an extraordinary situation, to say the least, right? O'Leary was previously a spokesperson for FTX. Last month, he suggested that the exchange was the last place he'd expect to get into trouble. Hmm, karma's a Biatch, isn't it? He'd also predicted in June the crypto would likely see a bottom once big players was wiped out, which he now believes was FTX. And as another silver lining, O'Leary says that the exchange's blow up is pressuring regulators to provide clear industry guidelines going forward. For example, key pieces of crypto legislation, such as the Digital Commodity Act, are getting new focus after remaining stagnant to Congress. So in the meantime, the investor plans to remove all of his assets from unregulated exchanges and move them to a regular Canadian exchange called BitBuy. The company is regulated by the Ontario Securities Commission and is legally barred from commingling user funds in the way that FTX is suspected of doing. O'Leary explained that cold storage custody of assets isn't an option for firms mandated to limit their crypto exposure to a certain percentage of their net worth. As such, assets must be available to all times. So he says that he can sell certain assets to remain within their diversified mandate, quitting him 
here, you are going to see billions of dollars leave unregulated and exchanges looking for somewhere in the world where they can be put safely. That right now is in Canada. But I also stress that FTX was regulated. Unfortunately, the regulators such as the SEC and Gary Gensler weren't doing their jobs. So this is their fault, if you're to ask me. And unlike the United States, Canada was the first country in the world to approve a Bitcoin spot ETF. That's a fact, which accurately tracks the spot price of Bitcoin, and it hasn't since been approved in the United States. Now, Gary Gensler, why don't we have a spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States? Because, unfortunately, um, there's a lot of shenanigans continuing to go on, and they're suppressing the price action of the King Crypto, if you're to ask me. Now, even after his losses, Mr. Wonderful maintains that FTX's former CEO, Bankman Freed, doesn't have an evil bone in his body. Are you kidding me? Why are they protecting this fraud con artist? You feel me? He says here, you can love him or hate him given what's happened, but I think we can all admit he is one of the most brilliant traders in the crypto universe. No, he's not. He was using the customer funds. He was using your money to make those trades in Alameda Research. That's illegal. That is fraud. He he belongs behind bars, but they're still protecting him as if he did nothing wrong. So at this point, I would not be shocked if Bankman Free doesn't even go to jail. They're obviously protecting him. It couldn't be any more clear. And when asked if he would back Bankman Bankman Freed in a hypothetical new crypto venture. O'Leary said he would, as long as a former billionaire, only had trading control of assets unlike operational control. And overall, he maintained that the crypto tycoon is an unusual 1% person in understanding how digital assets work. Well, I watched an interview and Bankman Freed straight up said, we don't know how Bitcoin works. He didn't even understand Bitcoin. He just knew how to make money off of it by using illegal means. So this is the wildest thing I have ever read or experienced is almost like, is this candy camera? Is this a joke? Or is this just a spoof for everyone in crypto? But no, this is actually happening and unfolding in real time. What's likely to occur next, I'm going to be keeping you posted, so stay tuned. With that being shared, now let's get into some bullish price predictions. I'm going to be sharing a price prediction from Pantera Capital, who is predicting $149,000 Bitcoin. Then I'm going to be sharing Tim Draper's $250,000 Bitcoin coin price prediction next year in 2023. So let's break this down. Shall we? Let's start with Pantera. Crypto fund Pantera says the next Bitcoin halving eventually or event will spark a bull rally beginning in early 2024. Their CEO, Dan Moorhead, and other executives are telling investors the price of Bitcoin is likely to bottom throughout November and pick up steam ahead of the halving. Let me know if you agree that Bitcoin is likely to reach its cycle bottom this month. Now, a Bitcoin halving event is when miners block rewards are cut in half. And as a result, the supply is crunched in the past. Bitcoin's price has rallied before and after the halving events. The next one is expected this spring. Quoting Dan Moorhead, Bitcoin has historically bottomed 477 days prior to the halving, climbed leading into it, and then exploded to the upside. Afterward, the post-halving rallies have averaged 480 days from the halvings to the peak of the next bull cycle. If history were to repeat itself, the price of Bitcoin would trough November 30th, 2022, we would then see a rally into early 2024, then a strong rally after the actual halving. The following chart shows what might happen if Bitcoin repeats the performance around the previous halvings. Let's freaking go. 148,000 Bitcoin. Sounds good to me. Pantera predicts Bitcoin price will soar to 36,000 in the lead up to the next halving that's expected to occur in March of 2024 and afterward continue its bull run to an all-time high of $149,000, which is ultimately 2x the pre 
previous all-time high, sitting at around 70,000, right? Quitting him here, the 2020 halving reduced the supply of new Bitcoins by 43% relative to the previous halving. If it had 20, or I'm sorry, it had a 23% as big an impact on price, the next halving is expected to occur on March 22nd, 2024, since most Bitcoiners are now in circulation. I'm sorry, Bitcoins in circulation. Each halving will almost exactly be half as the big reduction in the new supply. And if history were to repeat itself, the next halving would see Bitcoin rising to $36,000 before the halving and 149000 after. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with Dan Moorhead from Pantera Capital that we're likely to see $149,000 Bitcoin price around the time of the next halving. With that being shared, now let's break down our final big prediction of the day, which is Tim Draper doubling down on his $250,000 Bitcoin price prediction for next year in 2023, despite the recent FTX collapse. Let's break it down, shall we? Billionaire venture capitalist and serial blockchain investor Tim Draper has not given up on his near-term Bitcoin prediction despite the recent issues in the crypto industry. Draper continues to stick with his optimistic prediction that Bitcoin will hit a quarter million dollars in 2023. Send it, despite the ongoing crypto crisis fueled by FTX. Quoting him here, no change in the price prediction, still $250,000 by early next year. Draper stated in an interview on November 15th with Cointelegraph, the collapse of the FTX crypto exchange has nothing to do with the success of Bitcoin because Bitcoin is decentralized and FTX was not. According to Draper, facts, he makes great point and he shares FTX was centralized, reliant on a single founder. And he also says that Bankman Freed, the former CEO, Stated, when a currency is centralized, a central bank, for instance, has a single point of failure and can also be manipulated, he added, facts. And according to Draper, the fall of FTX would only trigger more decentralization in crypto as the latest events have once again demonstrated the biggest vulnerabilities of centralization. As he shares here, I think this fiasco is going to bring on a lot more Bitcoin maximalists. Note that your money is not secure in a centralized system, whether crypto or fiat. Preach. Draper also emphasized the importance of self-custody, which comes in line with principles of decentralization. And at the same time, he also expressed confidence centralized exchange Coinbase, stating, also custody my tokens with Ledger and Coinbase. Neither of them are using my tokens to borrow or invest. And as previously reported by Cointelegraph, Draper first made his famous Bitcoin prediction all the way back in 2018, forecasting Bitcoin to reach 250000 by the end of 2022 or early 2023. The investor has reiterated his prediction multiple times since, ignoring major bear markets and the fallout from the collapse of major crypto exchanges and investment firms. Not everyone holds the same amount of optimism about Bitcoin's price in the near future. One Bitcoin advocate took to Twitter on November 7th to criticize Draper's prediction, arguing it is clear Bitcoin is not going to a quarter million by mid-2023. He also called for learning from the past, referring to the failed Bitcoin prediction by the late great John McAfee, and according to the Binance CEO CZ, the FTX fiasco has set the crypto industry back for years with more regulatory scrutiny coming. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with CZ that the industry has likely been set back at least a couple of years from this FTX collapse. I also like to point out, if it wasn't for CZ, Bankman Freed would still be scheming on his exchange. But what are your thoughts surrounding Tim Draper's $250,000 Bitcoin price prediction for 2023? Let me know in the comments right down below. 